This is the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. Victory for the Buccaneers in New Orleans at the Superdome, and we are glad to be here to recap it as part of the Nothing But Bucks podcast on the day after a win in the Big Easy, which puts the Buccaneers right now in the driver's seat with a 2-0 start with two road victories. Hello something that had never been done before in the 47-year history of the franchise. Very rare that you play the first two games of a season on the road. But to win them both hadn't been done. The Bucks have now done that. Gone to Dallas and won, and gone to New Orleans and won. And we are ready to talk all about it on a Victory Monday edition of the show. I am the somewhat coherent host of the program. Great to be back with you in here. We're here after each and every Buccaneer game, day after the game, typically on Monday. Sunday games, we're typically here Monday. You're usually going to have this late morning, midday, depending on when we get done with the podcast. You get your highlights from our calls on Buccaneers Radio with Gene Deckerhoff, Dave Moore. Uh, On the highlight calls, you get the post-game interviews from our Hooters post-game show on Buccaneers Radio, 98 Rock. Buccaneers Network and the mobile app, etc. You'll hear today from Jamel Dean, from Mike Edwards, from Brett Perriman, from Tom Brady, from Coach Todd Bowles, all of that upcoming on this podcast. Again, it's a recap podcast that comes your way the day after games. So sometimes there's going to be a Thursday night game. That obviously means the podcast out Friday, Monday night game, podcast obviously out on uh, Tuesday as nothing but bucks comes your way in the recap mode wherever you get your podcast. So, Uh, Again, uh, looking forward to reliving some of these highlights. It was not pretty offensively for a lot of this game, but when it mattered the most, the Buccaneers put a touchdown drive together that put the pressure on the Saints. And in the end, unfortunately for New Orleans, but fortunately for the Buccaneers, how many times did I have to come in here on a Nothing But Bucks podcast and try to dress up, put a happy face on, and clean up Jameis Winston, throwing interception after interception after interception that cost his team this team, the Buccaneers, the game. That's exactly what happened in the Superdome yesterday. And let me just say at the outset what I said on the year uh, with Gene yesterday after Jameis had thrown the pick six touchdown to Mike Edwards, which was really, as uh, in the words of Coach Todd Bowles after the game, the backbreaker. That interception return, which you will hear the highlight of coming up, basically sealed the game at that point at 20-3. to Saints got a later garbage touchdown, but in the end, that was the difference. Uh, I said this on the air, and and uh, all of us would say this in dealing with Jameis off the air. He was fantastic to deal with, even in defeat. And there were, unfortunately, more defeats, many more defeats, than there were victories. Uh, there were no playoff berths. Uh, but time and again, we would be in that locker room, that press conference setting, whatever, and trying to skirt around him costing the team with interceptions. And that wasn't the only reason the Bucks were losing, but folks, it was a big reason why offensively you were continually being held back. So I said on the air, we've seen this over and over again. And I know Gene Deckerhoff, our legendary Hall of Fame voice, did all of his college games, including a national title at Florida State. Gene's called all five of his of his years with the Bucs. I'm not speaking for Gene here, but Gene would be the first one to tell you this. He loves Jameis Winston. It's not about a, a personal thing or a personal level. But folks, the facts are the facts. And I have said this off the air for the last two years. Nothing is going to change in New Orleans. If it was ever going to change, it would have changed in year three or year four or year five in Tampa Bay. Jameis Winston's inability to keep throwing the ball to the other team was his undoing in Tampa Bay. And I don't know that the Saints are going to do very much this year, but I can tell you right now, if he keeps throwing interceptions, I'm just saying at the outset here, they're not going to win games and he's not going to be the quarterback long term. 
if it doesn't get cleared up. And I saw no indication yesterday that it's going to be anything any different when he's pressured, when he has those problems. Jameis does some things well, but the one thing that he doesn't do well is stay away from the picks. At the, at the most inopportune time, stay away from the picks. In a game that was right there for the taking for either team, underthrown on a bomb in the end zone. You'll hear that highlight to Jamel Dean. Um, overthrown again, and Jamel Dean got another one. With the game still within reach, and then with the game still 13-3, to the backbreaker, the, the Mike Edwards pick six. <clears throat> again, that's not the only, the only reason the Bucs won, but that was a big reason why they won yesterday certainly it was not offensive uh firepower that won that game so so many subplots with the saints having won uh seven straight regular season meetings having won four straight against tom brady in the regular season we should stick in there again the most important game that's mattered in recent memory buccaneers saints was at the superdome in january of 2021 and the buccaneers eliminated the saints from the playoffs in the divisional round and retired drew Brees. so when all this talk about oh the bucks can't beat the saints uh, Buccaneers did beat the Saints on the way to the Super Bowl, and forever Drew Brees' final game was him throwing interceptions in the second half of that game uh, to Buccaneers in a loss. So there's good, salty, back-and-forth rivalry in the NFC uh, South. There's no doubt between these two teams. So that was the backdrop coming in. The Saints off a, a dramatic comeback win that Jameis led against the Atlanta Falcons the previous week, a 15-point comeback. He looked tremendous at the end of that game. Didn't look very good before it, but led the comeback. And in this game, uh, you knew uh, he was he was playing banged up, but you knew he wanted to play. You knew he wanted to do well, but guess what? The Buccaneers from Shaq Barrett to Levante David to that secondary with Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean, Mike Edwards, Antoine Winfield, they wanted to hit him and pick him off the same way they had seen it happening here in Tampa Bay uh, in the case of Levante for many years, in the, in the case of William Golston, who, who was his teammate for many years. You've been seeing it over and over again uh, here. Now, now be on the other end of that and take the ball away. Stop the Saints and get it done. A lot of players were banged up and not able to play in this game. Buccaneers without uh, Donovan Smith at left tackle had to make do for that. This, this game would end after an injury to Josh Wells with the Buccaneers going to an unknown third left tackle in Brandon Walter. And he played well in the second half, played well enough in the second half, uh, blocking on the end of the line of scrimmage. Uh, obviously, no Julio Jones uh, hurt you at wide receiver. Uh, obviously, for the Saints, no Alvin Kamara hurts them at running back and pass-catching outlet for Jameis Winston. So there were there were players banged up, not able to play in this game. Uh, we knew it was going to be feisty. We knew it was going to be loud. And let's get into it, shall we? Let's get into the highlights of what happened uh, in this one in the Superdome on Sunday, September 18th, Game 2 of this 2022 season. Uh, Jameis and the Saints went on a field goal drive uh, right away to start the football game off. He... Had some uh, short passes. Again, they were going very conservative, something that if you watch the Saints last year, especially early in games, safe throws, throws to the back, quick throws to a receiver outside the numbers where there's little chance that a ball being intercepted or anything bad happening. So that was it's kind of a dink and dunk thing, run it a little bit. They kicked a field goal to the Saints. They led 3-0 early. And in much the same way as the Cowboy game last week for the Buccaneer defense under Todd Bowles, they locked the Saints down. For the rest of that first half, Jameis couldn't get anything going. They couldn't make first downs. The difference is the Buccaneers couldn't get much going either. There was some good penetration on the Buccaneer opening drive, and you got inside the plus territory, inside the 25, you're at least in field goal range, and the Buccaneers here were trying to run a play on third down when disaster happened. 
the ball spotted on the left side hash between the 25 and 26 yard line. Gage in motion, one back set, Brady under center, Robert Hainsey moving right. In motion, Miller, they fake the uh, fumble football. Is it loose? Is yeah. it recovered by the New Orleans Saints? It I think is. it is. Yeah. It was a fumbled snap, as Gene Deckerhoff called it on Buccaneers Radio, and they, I believe that was going to be to turn around and hand the ball to Scotty Miller on a jet sweep. But they were late getting to the line. They were late getting Scotty Miller set and then in motion, and everything with the timing got thrown off, and Brady just dropped the football. And I watched him over on the sideline. He was looking at his hand, looking at the, at the Microsoft surface, and you saw the replays on Fox where the ball got up to his hands. He just didn't cleanly receive it. So that's a killer in what was going to turn out to be a low-scoring game that you didn't get any points in that situation. All right, now the Buccaneer defense makes a play right back at Jameis Winston. We made reference to Levante David. Uh, Now in his 11th season for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, here was he getting after Jameis. Ingram it is, dropping back to throw Winston. He goes down, he's sacked. Boy, a linebacker blitz. Levante David comes flying through and got Winston and dropped him at the 20-yard line. That's a second quarter sack. There was a flag uh, thrown on the play by Sean Hockley's crew. And let me just say at the outset here, I know I'm, I'm part of the Buccaneers uh, radio broadcast, etc. I'm not part of the coaching staff. That was a poorly officiated game both ways with things not called, personal fouls called that shouldn't have been, uh, things after the play. Uh, I mean, obviously the officials had trouble getting the game under control, which we'll get to in a little bit later on between Mike Evans and Marshawn Lattimore. But that was not a personal foul on Keanu Neal coming in. He was still trying to make the hit on Jameis going to the ground with the ball coming out, by the way. So I don't believe that was 15 yards. And I'm told that Mike Pereira, the the former coordinator of officials for the NFL, the supervisor, who now is the Fox analyst and has been for about a decade in the booth with their number one broadcast team, which is now Kevin Burkhardt and Greg Olson, that Mike Pereira immediately said on Fox's TV coverage, that's not a penalty. That should not have been roughing. That's not a personal foul. He's making a tackle trying to get to the football because the ball has come out on the ground. The Saints eventually recovered anyway. Anyway, that's what happened on that side. All right, so the Bucs get the ball back. They put another drive together in the second period and looked like they were going to have a chance to at least get a field goal. Instead, though, interesting, didn't get it on third and short inside the the 15-yard line. Now going to try for a fourth down play here late second quarter. This will be the first fourth down attempt by the Bucks this season. Lenny Fournette handoff runs to his left. He fights ahead. Did he get the first he down? He did not. Nope. Buccaneers are short. In fact, we may have lost a half yard. And the Saints have held again. And as Dave Moore was talking about, just didn't get it blocked well enough. He singled out that Luke Gedeke, the rookie, missed his block kind of coming across. They were trying like a cross block. Uh, between he and Shaq Mason, the right guard, and the center going the other way. They just didn't quite get it blocked to open the hole for Fournette, or else he might have walked in for a touchdown. But the missed block has a Saint right in the hole where there's nothing there. They stuff him. And so the Bucks come away for a second time with no points. I said late second quarter. I was earlier uh, in the second quarter. But, th- I mean, this game basically uh, was a 3 nothing. A slugfest, lack of points, lack of offense going all the way to halftime. Uh, still, the Buccaneers getting after Jameis Winston, including this play right here in the second. Shotgun look, Winston of the Saints. Sidecar right, Ingram dropping to throw. Winston dropping to throw. Flushed out of the pocket. He's going to run. He fumbles the ball. It's a loose ball. It's recovered by the Saints at the 39-yard line. James Hurst. 
the starting tackle on the left side continued to hustle and recovered that loose football. Devin White had a chance to get the takeaway. It was actually Shaq Barrett on the hit and Levante David, who has been the premier guy at recovering fumbles, causing them and recovering them in the NFL, basically, for his entire career, couldn't quite come up with it. Had his hand on it for a second, couldn't come up with it. So the Saints got it back. Again, not much offense in the first half. We go to the locker room with the game 3-0 in favor of the Saints. So eventually the Buccaneers would make something happen, would get into field goal range finally on a drive and get on the board right here in the third. Good snap, the spot, the kick is airborne. It is long enough, it is long enough, and it is good. And the Buccaneers have tied the Saints at 3-3. Good job, Ryan Suckup. Ryan Suckup, who had the four field goals in Dallas last week in week one, has been such a money kicker. 47-yarder ties the game. And we're kind of sitting on 3-3 there at the moment after that field goal. All right, now the Saints put a drive together, and and the Buccaneers had lost Akeem Hicks, the big defensive tackle, the free agent acquisition from the the Chicago Bears. Um, Hicks out of the lineup, and the Saints began to take advantage, kind of wear the Buck defense down in between the tackles, running the ball with Mark Ingram, uh, running the ball with a couple of their other backup running backs again with no Alvin Kamara. And eventually they pick up a couple of first downs, and it's looking like, all right, the Saints are going to maybe get a field goal, if not a go-ahead touchdown. But this is where the Buccaneer defense started tightening the screws on the Saints. It began right here with an Ingram handoff. In field goal range, pistol formation. Mark Ingram is the setback behind Weston. Awaits the snap at Goodwin. Feeds the ball to Ingram, bounces back to his right. He's got a big gain inside the 10. On a bubble football. It's loose. Did the Bucks come up with it? Tampa Bay says we did. No word by the officials. Did Ingram fumble the ball? Did the Bucks come up with it at the 10-yard line? Bucks say we've got it. No word by Sean Hawkins. It. He says it's Buccaneer football at the 10-yard line. The defense, defense has recovered the fumble. First down. It was veteran Logan Ryan playing only in his second game for the Buccaneers, punching that ball out a la uh, what he did in New England over and over again. I know Greg Olson, I believe, on the TV called it the peanut Tillman punch, the peanut punch to punch that ball out. They they teach this. Levante David has talked about it. Uh, Other by Shaq Barrett has talked about it. Get that ball out of there. Swat it. Uh, We saw Shaq do it in the first half. We saw Logan Ryan do it there. And a great hustle play by Carl Nassib, who's just come back to this team in the preseason uh, after being gone for a couple of years as a free agent with the Raiders. Uh, Nassib is the one that fell on that ball. And not only do the Saints not get a field goal for the lead, they don't get a touchdown. They don't get anything there in that instance. They get nothing. And the Bucs get the takeaway. All right, so then the Buccaneers uh, get the ball back. And uh, this was uh, this was just the story. Field position battle, 3-3 game. Bucks can't do anything with the ball. But here comes what I was talking about at the beginning of the podcast. The key part of the turning of the momentum of this game was interceptions. And this is Jameis Winston looking up top here for Chris Olave, the deep threat, uh, and, and did not get the ball out in front of him. And here's the way that Gene called. Second down, a long eight. One back set under center. Winston moving to our right, takes the snap. Bootleg rolls to his right, rolls upfield, looks upfield, throws the ball deep. Got a receiver in the area. Nah! Intercepted as it picked off. Jamel Dean. Did he take that ball with one hand? I think he did. Interception, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
In Gene's defense, he's a long way up and a long way away from that play, and it is tough with the live eye and even with binoculars or field glasses, as he calls them, trying to tell, did he catch that ball? We were helping him, yes. Jamel Dean makes the leaping interception. And again, this, this is not just to uh, belabor knocking Jameis Winston, but one of the criticisms is the inaccuracy on long balls, overthrowing guys that were open. We saw that a couple of times. Underthrowing guys that were open. And there's the takeaway for the Bucks, And that would lead to a touchdown drive. The only offensive touchdown drive of the game would come right after that. It's nine plays. It's 80 yards. Uh, Brady got a key completion to Cameron Brait. They got another first down with Leonard Fournette running. They eventually get into the plus territory again, at least in field goal range in a 3-3 game. And here's the play on third down that turned out to loom very large. Call it third down five. Good snap to Brady. Brady looking, looking, looking. Throws the ball toward the right corner. Toward the right corner. It's caught! Touchdown, Tampa Bay! Buccaneers, Rashad Perriman. What a throw by Brady. And the Bucs lead for the first time of the game. Gotta love Mean Gene. He didn't break out the Perriman, Perriman, Perriman like in the Buffalo game of the overtime. But uh, Rashad Perriman did a great job of getting open. You'll hear from him in a little bit here on the Nothing But Bucks podcast as uh, he had to separate from the defender, make the catch, 28-yard touchdown, capping the 80-yard drive, first touchdown for either team in the game. And I gotta be honest, down on the floor of the Superdome, first of all, my head was hurting from all the noise. I often refer to those games as four Advil game, two of them before, two of them uh, probably later on in the evening to try to get the ringing out of your ears. It had been so loud, and then it went so quiet there in that moment. But you could really sense this may be the only margin you need. This might be a 10-3 game now. Let the defense do the rest. You got that feeling there would be some more scoring and some more points, but you got the feeling it might be enough uh, there midway through the fourth quarter. All right, so that would lead almost immediately to this with the Saints back on offense. Dropping to though Winston throws the ball downfield and it is incomplete. Almost intercepted. It's intercepted at the 50, down the sideline to the 30 and out of bounds of the St. 28-yard line. Jamel Dean. Overthrown and Jamel Dean has a pair of picks now on the last two possessions by the New Orleans Saints. Two big miscues by former Buck Jameis Winston. It's first down Tampa. Jamel Dean's second pick of the game and he made a great play to get the hands right under the ball, kind of diving forward as Jameis had uh, errantly overthrown the ball. There's another takeaway and another opportunity for the Bucks to go get more points after Jameis's uh, or after uh, Jamel Dean's return to the Jameis interception. Buccaneers actually didn't even get any yards uh, after they had moved down uh, to the 30-yard line. Didn't even get a yard, but Ryan Suckup very quickly gave a another field goal uh, of 47 yards out that put the team up now by 10 at 13 to three. And you're thinking with, you know, under five minutes to go, okay, you're in great shape. Yes, Jameis led a comeback against the Falcons last week, but this is Todd Bowles' defense. The Falcons do not have players like Shaq Barrett and Vita Vea and Levante David as a group and Devin White and Carlton Davis and Antoine Winfield and Logan Ryan and even Jamel Dean coming on. They don't have those kind of players on their defense that Jameis went against last week. So I felt much better. What do I know? I'm down there on the sideline as part of the radio at 13 to three. You're gonna, they're gonna have to get it twice and score twice. I felt better against the Buccaneers' uh, defense there that that would be the case. And the Bucks obviously kept the pressure on uh, at this stage, including Devin White right here. Winston shotgun look, drops back three more steps, looks up the other pressure. He's sacked again. Bucks having five times. Dropped at the 25-yard line. Devin White's got three sacks on the season, his first today. 
One of two Devin White sacks in the football game. Levante David got one earlier. Shaq Barrett as well. Antoine Winfield got one. They were all over the place. Now, Jameis did get a couple of completions, and the Saints are trying to move into scoring range at 13-3. And then, for them, disaster. But for the Buccaneers and, and the fans listening to this podcast, enjoy this. Here they go again. Tim Bobo dropping the throw. Winston out again. Throws to the left. It's intercepted into the 35. Outside the numbers to the 40. To the 35. To the 30. To the 25. To the 20. To the 15-10. Mike Edwards. Touchdown Tampa Bay. That's the dagger, my friend. Four takeaways by the Bucks, And Tampa Bay gets a pick six. It's officially a 68-yard interception return for a touchdown. And uh, again, Mike Edwards came roaring right by me on the sideline to the TV left of the Buccaneer bench. I thought the offensive lineman was going to have a chance at him, and Mike had a long way to run. The lineman was trying to chase him and cut him off. Did a little high-stepping. You'll hear me talk to Mike about that in a few minutes here when the highlights are done. What a moment. What a moment uh, for Edwards' third interception return for a touchdown in the last two years. Remember, he had two in the Atlanta game at home a year ago in the fourth quarter. Had two in the same quarter. Got that one on the pick six, and that basically salted the game away. Yes, the Saints did get a late touchdown, benefiting from a pass interference call. Uh, but again, the Bucks basically salted the game away uh, at that point, and uh, give credit where it is due, where uh, the defense just turned up the heat. Uh, in fact, one more time, here was Shaq Barrett with Gene on the call, getting after Jameis Winston in the fourth quarter in a 20-10 game. Winston awaits the snap, second down, 10. We'll be under a minute when this play is through. Under pressure, sack! Sacked by the collar and dropped. Shaq Barrett has his first sack of the year. Too much Buccaneer D, especially in the second half with the sacks and five more takeaways for Todd Bowles' defense as the Bucs get the victory. 20 to 10, sweet victory that snaps the seven-game regular season losing streak, but it is the second win in the Superdome in the last three appearances, including the playoff game of the 2020 season in January of 2021. Yes, there was the scuffle uh, after the play, which, which again, this goes back to Tom Brady being upset that Scotty Miller had been interfered with and there was no call. I mean, there were, there were bad calls on personal fouls. There were bad no calls both ways, uh, I, I really thought, benefiting the Saints, benefiting the Bucks with no calls. In that case, Marshawn Lattimore had interfered with Scotty Miller. You watch the replays. Uh, he's clearly bodying him out of bounds while the ball is still in the air and the ball is still catchable. It's just, it's just a bad no call. And Tom Brady ran 30 or 40 yards down the field to yell at the back judge and stuck his hand out. And that's when Lattimore started saying things to the GOAT. And that's going to get you in trouble. And Leonard Fournette is already saucy when he's playing against the New Orleans Saints because he's a New Orleans guy. And they, are, they have been a, a, a trash-talking bunch, the Saints at him and him at the Saints. So it's not a surprise that Fournette's there to go at Lattimore and defend his quarterback and shove him like, get out of the way, go to your bench. And then Lattimore takes the shot at Fournette's head, which is, again, that's supposed to be an ejection in and of itself. That's when Mike Evans reacted. Those two have history. It goes back to 2017 to the same thing. Ironically, where Jameis Winston's on the Buccaneers sideline, out of the game, and Jameis is pointing at Lattimore, go, go over to your bench. Stop jawing here out of frustration. And Lattimore came at Jameis, uh, you know, face-to-face, and that's when Evans blasted him from behind, and then there was an incident there in front of the Buccaneer bench with a bunch of the Saints a long way away. Well, now both benches come out 
I mean, there had to be 50 players on the field, not the full benches, but they're easily between the two teams had to be 40 or 50 players on the field. The referees are trying to sort it out. Sean Hockley's trying to sort it out. Not a surprise that both Mike Evans and Marcus Lattimore were ejected, kicked out of the game. And I know there's talk. I don't know this answer because we're releasing the podcast Monday morning. There could be league discipline coming here, fines or suspensions. I will simply say this on nothing but bucks. Mike Evans may get a one-game suspension, and he'll try to appeal that, whatever. But you can't suspend Mike Evans and not suspend Marshawn Lattimore. He's the troublemaker. He's the instigator. He's the guy that started the thing again with shoving Leonard Fournette in his face. Lattimore, by the way, was throwing punches at other Buccaneers in the pile, too, while he's at it. So if Mike if Mike is getting something for escalating things, the instigator's got to get it, too. And, and by the way, the instigator's still throwing punches in the pile that you can visibly see on the TV against other players as well. He's going after Russell Gage and threw a punch at Russell Gage. So if Evans is getting suspended, then Marshawn Lattimore better be getting suspended too from the NFL. And I don't know that either one of them will. We'll see what Roger Goodell and the league discipline office chooses to do. And it would be a huge blow to not have Evans in the Green Bay game, but we're not there yet. I don't know that answer. I don't know what's going to happen. And even if he is suspended, he could appeal and could say, hey, I was just retaliating after what this guy did. That would be part of his argument. So a mess, not what you want to see. But again, give the Buccaneers credit. Down Julio Jones with injury, down Chris Godwin with injury, now with Mike Evans ejected. It's a lot like the game a year ago in Tampa where Brady didn't have as many weapons. But Brashard Perryman ends up making the touchdown catch after that. you got enough key catches from Gage or from uh, Scotty Miller on one occasion. Scotty didn't come up with a couple of other balls, and Tom Miller, uh, Tom Brady was not happy with Miller, as you could uh, as you could see down on the field and even on the Fox TV coverage. But the, look, the bottom line is you made enough plays in the receiving game uh, out there on Sunday for this team to get it done. No, it wasn't pretty yardage-wise, but it is a 20-10 win for the Buccaneers. So when it was done, I went inside the locker room on our Hooters postgame show, and I got a chance to do a joint interview with both Jamel Dean and Mike Edwards, two of the guys in the secondary taking that ball away, and here was that conversation. 20 to 10 is our final, and I stand here with a couple of guys that I'm saying thieves in a good way, Jamel Dean and Mike Edwards after this one is over with. This was a defensive battle. Jamel, first of all, you had two takeaways. One of them on a deep throw to the end zone, then another one later on in the fourth quarter. How big overall was the defense and the takeaways to get this win? Yeah, we understand going to this game, it was going to be a defensive battle. So it's always like, which defense is going to create the most turn- turnovers? And that was pretty much the gist of the game. Take me through the first interception. You outleaped the Saint receiver in the end zone. Take me through that. You know, I kind of, I kind of seen like who was where. So I kind of leaned towards speed. And then once I read Jameis, then I just broke I just broke too, and it just highest point that didn't make. But you guys uh, really started to turn up the pressure. Did you think, hey, there's going to be more opportunities because then you got another one? Yeah, well, after the first one, I was like, now we it should be now we it's our turn to start getting more opportunities for interceptions. Now we waited the whole first half for one, it didn't come, but in the second half, that's when they started coming. Boy, did they come, and I got Mike Edwards standing right here as well as we're doing both of these guys at the same time here. So you pick up on that point. It almost looked like maybe you baited him a little bit. He never saw you. What happened? And then you're racing down the sideline. Yeah, I was just playing uh, kind of in between two and three like the hook player, and um, I seen three come out, and I seen Jameis uh, look up and kind of throw his shoulders to my way, and I kind of just broke on it and just got the pick. 
we needed that. So it was a good, it was a big play. What is that feeling like, especially on a road where the crowd goes quiet? I don't know if you even heard the crowd go quiet. You're holding the ball up. I don't know if you know you did that. You were holding the ball up, kind of like Dion running down the sideline. What is that like? That's oh, a great feeling. Uh, great feeling. Uh, no matter who it is, uh, a big play like that, it's it's a it's a it's a big play. So it's a great it's a great feeling. And um, like we had to help our offense out. Uh, you know, they help us out. We help them out. So uh, big turning point. Uh, Melvin had them two picks and. Uh, I capitalized with the pick six, so uh, it was a big play for both of us. And we're talking to both Mike Edwards and Jamel Dean. Did you guys have a feeling as this game went on, one touchdown is probably going to win the game? Was there any conversation or maybe just mentally, if we can get a touchdown, we will win this game, Jamel? Like, like I said, we knew it was going to be a defensive game, so we just like, well, why can't we score on defense? And then we end up scoring on defense. And one more time, Mike. Uh, there's been so much made about the Saints winning in a regular season. You guys come into the Dome and get a second straight road win. What does this do for this team's confidence? Uh, Building confidence heavy. Uh, like you said, it's been a long time since we beat them in the regular season. Uh, we really needed that. I mean, you know, one game don't define our season, but it definitely helped us out uh, going on to next week and uh, throughout the season. So it definitely was a big, big win. Five more takeaways. Again, this team has just been phenomenal at doing that. All five of them, by the way, in the second half. Uh, of the game as well give credit where it is due on the takeaways in fact the Bucks now with 88 of them since Todd Bowles came here as the defensive coordinator in 2019 88 of them that only trails the New England Patriots and the Pittsburgh Steelers the Pittsburgh Steelers with 93 New England with 90 of them the Bucks with 88 or third in the NFL with five more of them yesterday uh, and again on the interceptions by Jamel Dean uh, uh, two uh, interceptions in the uh, fourth quarter for him and now he has seven for his career. Mike Edwards' pick six is the third of his career. Edwards matches Minka Fitzpatrick of Pittsburgh and Marcus Peters of Baltimore as the only two players with at least three pick sixes since the 2019 season. So in the last four seasons, three three seasons and two games of NFL football, Mike joins Minka Fitzpatrick and Marcus Peters as the only players that have three interception returns for a touchdown. And I did see him... Um, doing kind of the Dion hold the ball up high step. You got to love that. We'll have to see. I know primetime used to be on the NFL network. His comments are now on the Barstool network, which I don't often see it, but I, I don't know if he'll give him some accolades for going prime, going 21 prime on the interception return, as he always used to do on the NFL network. But he was mimicking him for sure and got in the end zone. That's the most important thing on the win. So those were their comments. Now let's hear some from Bashad Perriman on his touchdown catch uh, and our Hooters postgame show, his 28-yard touchdown helped in the margin of victory. The only offensive touchdown of the day came from number 16, Brashad Perriman. Describe your touchdown. Um, you know, you've done this before with big big scores in games against Buffalo last year. Tom made an unbelievable throw. Um, I actually had a, I actually had a different route where I feel like I won so bad on the release, I kind of just turned it to a go, and he just put the put the ball where only I could catch it. Rashad, we're live here on Buccaneers Radio right now along those same lines. How much do you guys work on keep yourself alive, especially if the protection holds up? There may be a, a, a downfield opportunity like that. Always, man. Byron and Tom, you know, just the whole offense in general, that's something that, you know, everybody preach. Uh, you know, you never know. Like sometimes, you know, that sometimes they'll rush only three, and, you know, he can bat there with a ton of time. So it's just, just like, you know, just keep working. You have been on this roster, off this roster, back on it, but the Saints have had some kind of regular season 
a dominance over the Bucks. How much sweeter is it to get a win over New Orleans? They're all good, but how much sweeter is it to come here and get a win over New Orleans? Oh, man, it's huge. Like, honestly, all my time, I'll, every year that I'm here, I feel like I haven't beat them. I know they beat them in 2020, so it's, it's, it's bittersweet, to be honest with you. For sure, thank you. No problem. I can tell you from the expression on his face, uh, he knew how much this went. That whole team knew how much this went, even uh, how much this meant. Even though Brashad had been off the roster playing for the Jets and playing for the Lions, came to this team after being waived by the Lions, the awful Lions last year, and made uh, one big play after another for the Buccaneers, including in that Buffalo overtime. And now this was a huge play as well with that fourth quarter touchdown catch from Tom Brady as the Bucs are able to get uh, the win. All right. Uh, now the happy head coach, Todd Bowles, after this one was over with in that victorious locker room on our Hooters postgame show. As again, he becomes the first Buccaneer coach ever. You'll hear hear me talk to him about this to win the first two games on the road in any season. And it's it's Todd Bowles' first two games. Uh, Here now that conversation. Here inside the Buccaneer locker room. Coach, we're live on Buccaneers Radio. Congratulations on the victory uh, here. What was the difference in the second half where you took the ball away five times in this win? Well, again, with the turnovers, the defensive backs played well for the most part of the ball game, except for the last two minutes. But we came up and made some plays. It was a 3-3 ball game. We just tried to make sure that we were leading and they had to come catch us. And, you know, those guys took a lot of pride in what they did, and they made some plays. Say something about Jamel Dean, who has continued to battle to get some playing time. He comes up with the first of the interceptions on the leaping play in the end zone, then another one later on in the game. Just say something specifically about him, how you thought he played, and how he's developing, if you would. He's came so far mentally and physically, wanting to be a good player, that the moment wasn't big for him this time. He stepped up in there. That catch he made in the end zone, he would have never made two years ago. And the play he made... Uh, on the interception, diving for the football. You can't say enough about him, how much work he put in this summer and how he's showing on the field. Another young man that makes an enormous play in that secondary is Mike Edwards. I just spoke with him and said, did you bait him a little bit? He said, yeah, we gave him a look, and I thought uh, that that ball was coming, and I, I just broke to the inside, and he did the rest. How huge was that play to give you a two-touchdown advantage? That was big. That was kind of the backbreaker right there for Mike. He baited the pick, and he almost baited the lineman into catching him at the end. But he made a heck of a play. Again, Mike's been making those plays the last few years. Uh, One of the plays, I was just saying this a second ago before I came over here, that may get lost in this. You had a big offensive play, Tom Brady going 28 yards for a touchdown to Brashad Perriman. I know you have not seen coaches tape, but that's a tremendous throw and maybe even a better play by Perriman to haul that in on a third down and get a touchdown coach. It was a great play for Tom finding them and the O-line giving them time, but that's why we kept Brett on the team. You know, he can do a lot of things. He's a Swiss Army knife for us, and he makes big plays at the right time. Uh, Injury situation for just a couple of guys. We know Akeem Hicks had to leave the game with a right leg injury and also Josh Wells with a left calf injury. Do we have any update on their statuses immediately after the game? Not at this time. We'll get some tests run and we'll get a better indication of where they are. Okay, a couple more. This team, the New Orleans Saints, had had some form of mastery for the last three regular seasons. Now, the Buccaneers are quick to point out you won a playoff game against the New Orleans Saints in the midst of all of this. Is it a little sweeter, regular season game, yes, that it comes on the road in New Orleans in a division game to get this win today? That's a relief because we finally beat them, but we know we're going to see them again. It's going to be a dogfight then, too, but it's week two. We're happy to get the win in week two. 
It's a big win, but it can only last 24 hours. You have coached two games for the Bucks. You've made history. You are the first coach, and the, the Buccaneers, the first version of the Buccaneers, to win two road games in a row to start the season. The first time ever that's happened. And it's very difficult to go get the second road game, is it not, after you've won the first one? It says a lot for your team, does it not? It's difficult to win all road games, uh, especially early in the season when you don't know what people are doing. but. The guys came together and they showed some resolve and mental toughness and it wasn't pretty, but we got it done. Coach, congratulations. We look forward to the home opener with Green Bay next week. Thank you. Thank you. He's right about the takeaways. He's right about the job that this team did to go into the Superdome and get the win against a nemesis in the division. And, uh, and now the Buccaneers looking up with getting to come back home. I mean, you're only in this instance playing the eight road games. You've now won two of them right away and got a division win on the road uh, as part of that as well. So congrats to Todd Bowles on the win. All right, it was not a long session with the media on the podium for Tom Brady. Listen quickly because there's not a lot there from TB12, but he did talk about the win, the touchdown throw to Perriman, uh, and much more briefly after this one was over. Um, after the altercation, you scored 17 points, you forced four turnovers. Was it any sort of turning point, emotional, on the field to help you know, get gather momentum? Uh, it's an emotional game, so um, I don't think that's, you know, I think a little better execution helps all the way around. Defense played great again. Um, line fought hard. All the guys that were in there fought hard. So, tough, really tough team, really well coached. Um, team we really struggle with, so it feels good to win. Tom, you're down a bunch. Just emotion. It's an emotional game, so. Tom, you're down a bunch of receivers, and then, you know, Rashard makes the big play, the big throw, and you made the for a touchdown. He's done that before. What does it say the guys have to step up when they're about Chris and Julio? Yeah, we have to. You know, who's ever in there has to do it. Chris, Julio, Mike was out, so. Um, Donnie was out. Wells was out, so. Glad to get a win. Tom, can you talk about Fournette's impact in this game today? He's been great. Yeah, he's plays so hard, runs so hard, sets a tone for us. Has a, you know, everyone has so much confidence in him. So he's just a, such a big time player. I love being out there with him. You needed some time to be able to make that, that touchdown for Rashad, right? Yeah. You're down to, to having Brandon Walton lining up at, at left tackle. Just yeah. what does it say about your O-line and the fact that once again, like they've done so much in the last few months, they, they had to recruit. Yeah, they did great. They were they were awesome out there. Played hard. It's a great front. Um, very powerful group of guys, and they stood up to it, and they did a great job. Last one. Defense came up with three picks and four turnovers in the last 12 minutes. Just what they did to, to make life easier. They were awesome. Defense was awesome. Forced you know some disguise and uh, came up with the plays. You know, Diener made some great interceptions. Mike obviously was a play of the game, so uh, they played awesome. Again, Brady's numbers, not spectacular, but they didn't have to be. 18 of 34, 190 yards in the touchdown. There was the one fumble in the first half, but the bigger key is even though Jameis Winston threw for a lot of yards, and a lot of that came late after the issue was decided, three interceptions for him as well, uh, and they had five total turnovers in the second half to the Saints. We didn't have the highlight of the Chris Olave bizarre play where he caught the ball, went to the ground on his own, and fumbled it. And the Buccaneers were able to recover after a long pass completion. Just part of a, a dynamic defensive performance. Back-to-back games where the Buccaneers have locked down the opposing team. And sometimes you've got to win games like this. They've been winning a lot of games with Tom Brady the last three years by outscoring people and having to win the game 35-33 to or whatever, 38-31. to In this case, you're, you're fine with take the win. Brady won 
tons of games this way in New England. Do enough offensively, let the defense make plays. you got to win games all kinds of ways. If you're going to put together a 10-win, 12-win, 13 or more win season, you got to win them all kinds of ways. And this one was a struggle offensively, but you did enough, and the defense took care of the rest, and you're able to get the victory. 20-10 to 10 over the New Orleans Saints. All right, so uh, now the Bucks will turn their attention to the Green Bay Packers. We got home from New Orleans Sunday night in time to see them playing their rival, the Chicago Bears. What did I hear? 203 times they've played in the regular season now, the oldest rivalry in the NFL. Packers did win the game behind Aaron Rodgers' two touchdown passes. The other Aaron, Aaron Jones, rushed for 100 yards and another score. They won 27-10. to 10. So that evens their record at 1-1. One one. They lost Week 1 at Minnesota. So they've played a couple of division games. They beat Chicago in the rematch. And now Green Bay will come here for a 425 start Eastern time. National television again on uh, on Fox. We'll have it on Buccaneers Radio with our pregame coverage beginning at, uh, at 3.30 Eastern time on Buccaneers Radio and the mobile app. We're excited for this. Again, they've had a lot of success. The Todd Bowles uh, defensive-led Buccaneers had success against Aaron Rodgers in a dominant performance in that 2020 regular season and then obviously did enough. Uh, Tom Brady did a lot of it with the uh, the, the arm and the, and the weapons in the NFC title game in Green Bay in front of limited fans, but Bowles' defense was good in that game, good enough in that game. Uh, got a couple of takeaways. Sean Murphy Bunting had an interception, got enough stops and won the NFC title game. So some recent success against Aaron Rodgers and company. There'll be a lot of eyes, obviously, on this game. Massive interest where the Buccaneers try to get to a 3-0 start. And I can tell you from being on a lot of different interviews with a lot of different people in the offseason, we were wondering, could this team come out of the first two road games with a split? Well, they've come out of the first two road games with wins. And now playing Dallas at Dallas, New Orleans at New Orleans, Green Bay at home, and then Sunday night with the Chiefs at home. If you can get to 3-1 or 4-0 against that schedule at the beginning of the year, you talk about a message being sent to the rest of the NFL. I mean, the Dallas Cowboys with Cooper Rush played a good game against a, a Bengal team that was the AFC champions last year. They beat them. So that Buccaneer win on Sunday night... Eight days ago now, doesn't look as bad when Cooper Rush leads the uh, the Cowboys to victory the following week. And that Saints team, I don't know what kind of year they're going to have. I've, I've been saying, and I'm not biased here, I'm just saying it. They don't have Sean Payton anymore. Jameis with the turnovers. Alvin Kamara's all, already banged up. They've lost people off their offensive line. I don't know if that Saints team's going to be that good. The, Sa- the Saints, I believe, could still struggle this year. But still, you go there and you win. It sets up for now what you're trying to get to. Uh, coming up on a on a start to the season, it's not everything on the start to the season. But man, if you can get to three and zero, and making headway towards trying to get to an eleventh win, you want to be at eleven wins, twelve wins to win the division and have good good playoff seating, maybe be in the hunt for the number one overall seed. That's all a long way away. But the start to the season can help you with that. It's not everything. It's more how you finish in November and December. We saw that the Super Bowl year where you won five straight games off the bye week late when everybody was writing this team seemingly off. At uh, at what uh, seven and five, and, or six and five, whatever it was, and you won five straight games to end up eleven and five and make the playoffs. So let's just see how it looks after the Green Bay and Cin- and uh, Kansas City games. You'll play Cincinnati later in the year. Play Pittsburgh later in the year. Got uh, got some very interesting games coming with the LA Rams who won yesterday. But for right now, tough schedule. Let's see what the Bucks and the Packers do against A Rod, Aaron Rod, and company. 
uh, in this matchup coming on Sunday. So that'll do it for this edition of Nothing But Bucks. Again, we're here the day after games. We'll be back next Monday after the Packer game. My thanks to Jason Berenger of iHeartMedia helping me with the highlights and the interviews. Jeff Ryan's our director of broadcasting. We thank you for listening in to the recap. Hope you enjoyed it. Would savor it, Buck fans, with all the highlights and the interviews. I'm TJ Reeves. We're here the day after games, wherever you get podcasts and on the Buccaneers mobile app. The name of the podcast is Nothing But Bucks. We'll come your way after the Buccaneers try to get to 3-0. Home opener. Be loud at Raymond James Stadium. We will be on the air at 3.30 with all the coverage uh, for the Buccaneers and the Green Bay Packers. As that comes up next, we'll be back after it's done on Nothing But Bucks.